With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Coast to coast in the biggest way possible. Hanging out. A bad street, a broken eight, a bad apple with a bad attitude. Hanging around a bunch of bad attitudes. Bad taste, bad lie, bad dude, bad breath, bad attitude, bad vibes. We are live in the Magic City Studios in the Barola Palacio, right across the river and through the woods from where Granny's upstairs right now, popping off a fresh talk of the Yoda's brain in New York City. The Big Apple. Ooh, people dressed in plastic bags, direct to travel, some kind of bad and shake it up. You do, but all my friends, they come around like the flies of party up. Rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown. What a mess, it's tatter. My brain splattered all over Manhattan. Hey, what's gigging? I'm Pharrell with Carver High. Mafia, Maddie George, the ball carrier, Ty Stick Jones running it from LTN in Kansas City, Mo. Big game at Arrowhead this week with the Chiefs and Chargers. Let's dance. We got a birthday roll call on a terrible Tuesday. You remember Greg Jennings, 38 today, John Kitna, 49, Scott Spezio, 49, Randall Hill, 52, DJ Dozier, 56, Cecil Fielder, 58, Grant Fuhr, legend. 59, Rick Mahorn, badass, 63, played violent. Sidney Moncrief, 64, Bruce Arena, 70, artist. Gilmore with the fresh fro, 72. Richard Childress, 76. And your boy, Doug Moe, 83. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. So the Packers take over in the second half. The Lions never scored in the second half. And I told you yesterday that Rodgers was going to have four TDs. He had four TDs. I don't know. This guy's so paranoid about people talking bad about him. He spent the last 24 hours slamming everyone that's a critic of him. No one's allowed to ever talk bad about you when you play like crap. Is that how it works there, tough guy? But when you play great, you can slam everybody. Today, he actually said no one should be allowed basically to talk about him. Did you see him say that? You give these idiots a platform. You mean like you or your football buddies that have TV shows and nobody else is allowed to talk about you? I'm getting sick and tired of this dude. He's a prima donna, and that's all there is to it. He spent the entire offseason crying like a bee about leaving the Packers, and then he has a crappy game, and no one's allowed to say you suck. Screw you, dude. No wonder all those chicks leave you. Boom. How do you like them apples? You think that covered it, Carver High? I'm hoping that pretty much, you know, circled the wagons there. Uh, Aaron Jones, four TDs. He had a big game last night, and we got it all for you. Dan Campbell saying no time for negative stuff. How about the better? He was going to win seven hundred and thirty-seven grand if the Lions won. He had a 16-leg parlay. That did not hit. 
Now we know why Big Ben sucks. He's injured. He's got a pec injury. And he was terrible against the Raiders. He couldn't throw the ball. He couldn't hit anybody. He was overthrowing guys, throwing wide, slow, old, not responsive in the pocket at all. Now we know he's banged up. And the Steelers, I'm going to say it, they suck right now. I mean, the Bungles might go in there and beat them. Frank Reich doesn't know if Wentz is going to play this week. We got him. Bruce Arians ready for the Rams. Matt Nagy talking about fields. Scott Miller on the show today. We'll do all the baseball with him. Sticking to the NBA, Tyrod Taylor could miss a month with his hammy. Davis Mills will start at quarterback. I think he was working on my siding this weekend on my house, and now he's going to be the starting quarterback for the Texans. We welcome in our radio affiliates, Sirius XM, Mighty Your 1090 in San Diego, near Tijuana, Tijuana. Sports Map, Sports Byline, Armed Forces Radio. Good to have you with us. It's Pharrell, coast to coast. Uh, David Culley talking about Watson. Why do we keep hearing about this guy? He's not playing. I mean, why even bring it up? John Gruden doesn't want the Raiders to get ahead of themselves. Kenny Galladay says he was yelling at Jason Garrett. I don't believe him for one minute. He was yelling at Danny Dimes, and that's all there is to it. Pete Carroll thinks taunting is stupid. We got Nick Sirianni on the show today. Baker Mayfield MRI shows no damage. Jarvis Landry going to miss threes on the IR. I think OBJ comes back. Greg Lewis, the Chiefs assistant, got in the shoving match with the player. Now he's been fine. And Julian Edelman's going to get a halftime. They're going to honor him at the game for the Pats this weekend. Updated Super Bowl odds. We got all that for you. The Cards win their ninth in a row. How about St. Louis on fire? Reds beat the Bucks. Votto had a pair of home runs. Orioles beat the Phillies. How about the Phillies? Can't get a run against the Orioles. We got Joe Girardi on the show. Uh, Yankees beat the Rangers. Gary Sanchez, the go-ahead home run. We got Aaron Boone on the show. They activated Luis Severino. Uh, Rays beat the Jays 6-4. Seattle over Oakland 4-2. We'll go through all the scores. Salvi Perez, number 46. We got it for you. Plus Cy Young odds in both leagues tonight's games. Joe Ranieri, are you kidding me? From Miami today, in-game live. You see him on Saturdays. We'll talk about everything, including why the Canes suck so bad and the Dolphins' problems with Tua now and his injuries. We got your AP Top 25, the best games this week. Notre Dame and Wisconsin at Soldier Field in the Windy City. They're going to be rocking the Irish and the Badgers. We got all the games. We'll talk about LSU, Mississippi State, West Virginia, Oklahoma, you name it. Sixers, they want Ben Simmons at camp. He says, screw you, I'm not coming back. J.J. Redick retires after 15 seasons. At least he could hit threes, unlike Simmons. And Oscar De La Hoya has offered Floyd Mayweather $100 million to fight him. He beat his ass once. Why not grab the $100 million and do it again? Because I think Floyd would still kick his ass. And I want to see it. Let's go. All these other fights suck. I would love to see that. Go with us on Coast to Coast, baby. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. 
the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Carver High, I hit the Packers both ways. I said yesterday Rodgers would have four TDs. He did. Uh, I didn't like his whole, like, rant all night, all day today about, as I said earlier, no one's allowed to criticize him about his game when it was so awful against the Saints. I think he's open season for criticism. And last night, they looked good and they won. So what are you going to say about him? I'm just talking about him ripping people that are, you know, critics of his game whether it's the national media or fans, he calls them trolls, whatever. Uh, I'm sick and tired of that act. If you can't take it, then don't be a quarterback in the NFL. And he is a superstar player. But boy, is he thin-skinned. You're not allowed to say anything bad about him. And I think that's soft. Yeah, he had a lot to say last night. We will hear from him in a moment. I got to start you, though, with Aaron Jones. I mean, the dude scored four touchdowns last night, caught a whole bunch of them from Aaron Rodgers. Let's hear the fourth of the night from Aaron Jones on ESPN in the 35-17 Packer win at home over the Lions. First and goal from the one. There's Aaron Jones. Got it. Fourth touchdown of the night. For Aaron Jones. They have the golden sombrero in baseball. That's a bad one. That's a four strikeout night. A four touchdown game for Aaron Jones. Looking for senior cheese head again. Didn't he have like his dad's ashes in his gold chain or something and lost that on the field? I mean, that's a little creepy. But whatever, yes. he had a hell of a game. I mean, I don't think he's going to get those ashes back. At least he said that his dad would want to be buried there at Lambeau. No, uh, and, and you would think that a guy scoring four touchdowns would be the talk of the game. But no, Scotty, of course, it is always Aaron Rodgers who is the guy that people talk about. You're right. He said that uh, a couple good lines last night. The media makes up Bullshack was one that he had. Here's another one that he had that maybe the trolls – We'll get off of their back now for a little while. Here's Aaron Rodgers. I think that there's there's even more now than when I started playing. There's so many overreactions that happen on a week-to-week basis. So it's nice to, to come out and have a good performance and get the trolls off our back for at least a week. Yeah, whatever, dude. Like, seriously. By the way, Mavia told me they found the guy's ashes mixed in with some grass or something, apparently, in the end zone. I would have just left it there. You know, spread the ashes at Lambeau. That's a good spot right there, Carver High. Yankee Stadium, you know, maybe Notre Dame Stadium, Lambeau would be a good spot. No, look, that is an all-time historic playing field there at Lambeau. So that isn't a bad spot at all. Good to find out that they did locate that. Rodgers also passed John Elway, 10th all-time on the passing yardage list. He continues to break records. The Packers now one and one. They will head to San Francisco for Sunday night football against the 49ers. How about the Lions? Couple of sad faces. Couple guys were down after 
giving up that lead at halftime. Dan Campbell does not have time for that, Scotty. He wants positivity, and he doesn't want anybody being negative, even after losses. Here's Dan Campbell. I just told him I don't want to see that shit. So they come in. I'm Whoa. not that type of person. I'm not a negative person. I'm all about going to work. I want guys that are resilient, that are willing to go back to work. They love ball. They're going to clean up their mistakes. And those are the guys I'm looking for, man. I'm, I'm not a sulker. I'm not a guy who... Like, you're not going to get me down. And those are the type of people I want around me. I want guys that are looking for solutions, problem. We're going to fix our, you know, we're going to fix our mess because we put ourselves in this mess. So that's what I'm looking for. So I think we're, we're going to be just fine. We'll be upbeat. And it, you know what? It should sting. I hope it does sting. It stings me. And, and that's okay. But that doesn't mean that you got to be negative or kick the dirt and everything else. And I don't want those guys around here. I think that franchise is, you know, snake bit. I mean, bottom line, they've sucked since I've been alive. All they do is lose. All they do is go through coaches and players, and the years fly by, and it never gets any better. Name one time they've been good, ever. All they do is lose. So you're about as positive as uh, another season and another season and another season of losing. He won't even make it to five years they signed him for. And he'll believe me, he said he doesn't sulk. You will. And when all you do is lose. They were playing a great game last night, Carver High, and then they never scored in the second half. Credit the Packers, but how do you play that well in the first half? At one point, Goff was 11 of 12, and then you get away from it? I don't get it. I mean, the bottom line is they simply suck. Now, my question to you is, can the Ravens go in there and cover that eight and a half nut on Sunday in Detroit coming off of that Chiefs win and probably thinking this is a walk through the park for them? Yeah, I think that that's kind of a tough number right now. I lean to the Ravens. They're obviously the better football team. But we've seen the Lions play decent in spurts. First half had the lead last night, got nothing done in the second half. When they got down big to the Niners in week one, they had that flurry to cover for a lot of people that got the late line. I'm not sure what to think of this team. The turning point last night, Scotty, was that awful call on fourth down. I didn't have a problem with them going for it on fourth down. I had a problem with the play call. That ended the game. The Packers went down and scored after that and never looked back. Uh, So good luck to the Lions as they host the Ravens on Sunday in Detroit. How about your boy, or whoever this was, the better that missed out on the 16-leg parlay, 737K on the line with the Lions on the money line. Now, Scotty, you're building a 16-team parlay. I know that you're looking to put a couple of big hits in there to make the pot a little bit bigger, but, like, did you have that? You got the Lions in there? Come on. Dude, that's the worst team. How could you bet on them? How could you bet on them? But you get 15 of them right, and that's the last, you know, glory shot right there is the Lions. My son told me that guy had that bet rolling, and I said, he's going to lose. They're not going to win that game. No one thought they would win that game. How could anyone think they were going to win that game? Now tell me about Big Ben's injury. Yes, uh, Big Ben has a left pec injury. That is right. Uh, Mike Tomlin says that the status, unsure for Sunday against the Bengals, which means Mason Rudolph needs to be better just in case. You said that he looked awful on Sunday. I guess you want to attribute it a little bit to this pec injury. I think it's probably more than that, but we'll see how the rest of the week goes, Scotty, and if Big Ben is going to be able to go against the Bengals. Well, I think that they have more issues than that. Like, uh, Harris is a great talent, but he's got 83 yards, right? Uh, 
Claypool's the next guy with 22 yards. They can't run the ball because their offensive line is porous, and he looks old, slow, fat, and uninterested. Now we know why. None of his passes were on target. He's got a pec injury. That can't be easy to deal with. And now they got problems. Uh, are they going to go with Haskins? Are they going to go with Rudolph? Or will he play with the pack? And he did not look good at all. I was watching the game. I was there. And I thought he looked terrible. I was like, he looks finished to me. Now I know he's injured. Maybe it's not a good idea to play him against the Bengals. That number went from four and a half to three and a half today with that news. Yeah, it certainly did. We will see how that goes throughout the week. Indianapolis also with injury problems. Carson Wentz has issues with both ankles. Here's head coach Frank Reich. Maybe he's going to play. Maybe he's not going to play. I don't really know. Here's Reich. You guys know this as well as I do. That, um, you know, sprained ankles, they're, they're degrees, right? Somewhere from, you know, one to 100. And um, I know this. I know Carson has a very high threshold of pain. Um, you know, naturally, I think it goes without saying that when you got a guy who's a pocket passer, you know, uh, it affects his game a little bit less than a guy who is a mobile Frank quarterback. I mean, I think that's season. not rocket science. I think everybody understands that to be true. So, um, you know, I, I my history with Carson is that he's a pretty fast healer. And that he's that always he's hurt. Tough, and that's if the there's history. Any chance he he's can always play hurt. With, yeah. uh, these ankle things, then he'll play. And. Uh, obviously, it's, a, it's an incredibly big game. I mean, you know, we're not holding back anything, so this is a big game. So um, if he can play, he'll play. He's always injured, and I don't like his chances with both ankles being injured. I think it makes no sense at all to play him. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. We always love having Scott Miller on, our baseball insider, national columnist, and, of course, contributor to the New York Times baseball coverage. Scotty, good to see you. I want to start, before I get into these, uh, you know, wild card chases going on, because, uh, you know, the Padres, I still am enamored. I need you to tell me what happened between Machado and their superstar Tatis. I guess they're both superstars when you make the kind of money those two earn. But, I mean, obviously there was a a meltdown, a fight, and I think their season, it looks over to me. I mean, after all the expectations and everybody thought they were going to be a playoff team, 
And I mean, they're three games over. Is that what, is it three games over 500? I mean, that's embarrassing. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to finish under 500 Scott. I mean, I think the way they're going right now, forget the playoffs. They'll be lucky to, to not finish under 500. it, It is a complete meltdown. You're exactly right. Um, this is a team that back in May had about an 80 or 90% chance to make the playoffs. Right now they're down according to the fan graphs count to about a 4 or 5% chance. And this, to me, Scott, this is, if things play out this way and they don't make the playoffs, this is going to be the worst, the most embarrassing, underachieving season in San Diego Padres franchise history, given the payroll the expectations, the talent level, all of the above. Specifically, to your question, so what happened in that dugout the other day in St. Louis? Obviously, this is a team that's frustrated. It's been losing almost every day for the last month and battling St. Louis for the second wildcard spot. So as the fourth or fifth inning, Fernando Tatis Jr. took called strike three. It was a close pitch, very close. He stood there at the plate and pouted. He rolled his eyes. He was obviously angry at the umpire. Their manager, Jace Tingler, comes out to argue, but basically to make sure Tatis stays in the game and doesn't get kicked out. The manager gets kicked out, Tingler. Now, they go to the dugout, and one of the coaches, Bobby Dickerson, third base coach, longtime coach, came from Buck Showalter's staff in Baltimore, Right. goes up to Tatis Jr. and basically he says in so many words, we're fighting for our lives here. This isn't about you. This is about the team. You can't get yourself in a situation where you get kicked out of a game in the fourth or fifth inning. You know, he was in danger of that. Uh, Tatis Jr. didn't take well to that. Machado came up to him after the coach. And that's what we saw Machado screaming. And you, you probably saw the video. This isn't effing about you. This is about the team. So it was a case of a young immature superstar brooding and it was a horrible look and i think it's going to torpedo tatis's mvp chances do you think that um the money has gotten to his head that he's uh, been put on a, a shelf of status so high in baseball that he's the most exciting player in the game and he's you know one of the most uh creative players amazing talent in the field with the bat hitting home runs that he's just not going to take any crap from anybody because he knows he's the man. Whereas the guy that people would think Machado would be that guy, he's making tons of money too, but he's more of a team player and he was actually doing the right thing. He was that, that the last part of that is true. No doubt. The first part of that, it's hard to tell. I I don't know if it's that it's all gone to Tatis Jr.'s head and he's not going to take anything from anybody. I think it's more, a case of, you know, we have to remember how young he is. He's only 21 or 22, 22, I think. I right. mean, he's in, he's still getting his, his uh, major league career under him. And beyond that, we have to remember, and this is where the Padres, man, they rushed to give him that $340 million deal, 14 years, 340. Um, Tatis Jr. has yet to play a full 162 game season. This is his first one. And he's been hurt. As you know, he's been on the injured list and you know, he, he, he's missed a significant time now, but two years ago, his rookie year, 
he was done in early August. He had a stress reaction in his lower back. So right. he, he didn't play August and September. Last year, obviously, was just a 60-game season because of, of uh, the, the pandemic. So this is, to me, part of it is a guy that still needs to grow up, and he, he's, he was given the big contract and the money before he's even played a 162-game season. Yeah, it's crazy. I'll tell you what, uh, it's crazy how the Cardinals are playing. I don't think anyone's yeah. catching them. They're on fire. They've won nine in a row. Wainwright wins every time he goes out. And I just don't think any of these teams can catch him, certainly not the Padres. How have they done it? Lester got another win last night, his 200th. Finally, Arenado, Goldschmidt have been hitting where they didn't really hit the whole year. It's amazing how this team has turned it on late. Yeah, and then you throw in guys like outfielder Tyler O'Neill's had a couple of monstrous home runs, big, big clutch homers. You know, Tommy Edmond in the infield, leadoff hitters, a spark plug. Dylan Carlson's played well. Um, you know, I think, Scott, uh, the Cardinals, even though they underachieved early in the year, that organization has proven itself so much over it, – it's past the test of time – it's still got the same people running baseball operations as it had for the last 15 years, John Moselock right. and company. And, and I think, you know, they, they know what they're doing. And, and in other words, if you stack up the Cardinals and stack up some other teams, uh, you know, like Cincinnati and San Diego, the, the two wildcard contenders, if I had to pick from that three, I trust the Cardinals organization to do the right thing more than I trust Cincinnati and San Diego, just based on their track record. So to me, that's number one. Number two, their manager, the Cardinals manager, Mike Schilt, um, I love one of the things he said recently when he was asked about requiring John Lester and J.A. Happ at the trade deadline. And those two veteran pitchers have really helped Wainwright and company and, and helped the Cardinals. But Schilt's point, somebody asked him about, you know, hey, Lester and Happ are guys that are past their prime. Um, you know, they're they, they're not what they used to be. And Schilt right. was speaking to this subject, but he might as well have spoken on the whole organization. It was a philosophy. He said, you know, he said, yeah, but I also think there's something to be said for acquiring wisdom. Wisdom sometimes trumps statistics and numbers. And to me, that's part of what this Cardinals organization, this part, this run they're on now. That's part of it. They're they're using the wisdom of Wainwright and Lester and the old dogs in addition to the young guys, Goldschmidt, Arenado. And they're such a cerebral organization. I think that plays a lot into it with St. Louis. So yesterday, Carver High said he's given up on the Yankees. They're finished. They're toast. They're done. They have no chance. They're a half game out. I don't uh, disagree that they've been horrible and they don't beat the Orioles, and now they're playing Texas. They beat them last night. Have you written them off like Carver High has? Not quite. I mean, I agree that they've been inconsistent. They're frustrating. I saw them three games in Anaheim a couple of weeks ago, and they'd won the 14 in a row. And when I saw them in Anaheim, they were, right after that, they were in the midst of losing about seven of eight. Um, I get Carver High's frustration. You look at the Yankees, Judge and Stanton, Coolidge should be on that team, right? Man, they got enough big men on that Yankees team. Uh, but that said, I think what what I still Coolidge. think, 
I like the Yankees having a chance because ahead of them this week and next, they still have series with Toronto and Boston, who are the wildcard teams immediately ahead of them. They got Toronto left, Boston left, Tampa Bay left. They got to step it up, and they've got themselves into a, a situation where they've got to go like nine and three or ten and two, I think, down the stretch to get to the wild card. But I'm not going to write them off yet because they still control their own destiny in those games with Boston and Toronto. So what about the Giants? Uh, they're uh, down to a one-game lead over the Dodgers. Yep. If they lose that and they end up in the wild card, do you think they'll be able to overcome the fact that they didn't win the division and they have to do a one-game winner-take-all playoff? Uh, obviously, they'd rather be in a series and win the division. Do you think they'll hold off L.A.? Um, boy, with the way Max Scherzer's pitching, I've said all year I think the Giants will hold them off. But after the trade deadline, the Dodgers adding Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, those guys are just so deep, and they're so battle-tested. Um, the Giants have their work cut out for them. But it, I'll say this. If they are the wild-card team, if they don't win that division, Scott, I'm still not down on the Giants, and I'd still give them a great chance because, you know, go back to when they won the World Series in 2010, 12, and 14. I believe, after, I, I need to look this up, at least one, I'm pretty sure at least two of those three World Series, the Giants entered the playoffs as a wild card team. So right. not only can it be done, but this is an organization that has done it in fairly recent history. I'll tell you what, I, I just have like 30 seconds. I would take Wainwright in a one-gamer against anyone on that staff, even though I think the Giants are the better team. Yeah, I mean, Gausman's had a great year. Uh, De Sclafini's had a great year. But still, they haven't dominated. They've been mostly very good. But there have been a couple of times they've turned in clunkers. And Wainwright, I never bet against him. You're right. I mean, he's incredible. And he just yeah. wins every time he's out. And I think he's a dangerous guy to have to face in a one-gamer. The Giants better win that division or they could be in serious trouble. Scott, great stuff. It's always good having you on Coast to Coast. We'll catch up again real soon here. We're about ready for the playoffs. Can't wait, Scott, to both to talk to you and for the playoffs. October's great. My man. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling.
you're going to want to follow us on Twitter because we got all the odds, line changes, news, skinny scoop, everything that'll get you through your day. Besides watching us, listening to us, you just follow us on Twitter at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV while you're at it, at SportsGrid Radio. All right, Carver High, a huge game in Lipstick City this week. You got the Buccaneers and Brady taking on the Rams and Stafford. Yeah, absolutely, Scotty. One of the marquee games coming up. 2-0 Bucks, 2-0 Rams at SoFi in L.A. Marquee matchup. Let's hear what Bucks head coach Bruce Arians has to say about it all. Nothing really about the game other than we, you know, don't miscommunicate a big play at the end of the game. Uh, we, we know their scheme. We know their style. They haven't changed. The players have changed a little bit. You know, with Matt Stafford, they're going downtown a little bit more, but... Uh, no, not really. I, I think it's just it's going to be a great game and it's going to be out there. So we've got a lot of different issues to deal with for the first time. You think the Rams can beat the Bucks at SoFi, Carver High? You willing to make that bet? I'm on the Rams this week, Scotty. This is one that I actually am locking in early in the week. I think the Rams are going to beat the Bucks at SoFi, one of my favorite games. Uh, I'm all over it. Uh, I think it's time for the Bucks. Uh, to finally take a little step back. Haven't lost a game in a long time. It's been a while since Tampa has lost a game with the run that they went on in the playoffs last year and in December. I think it's time they slip up out in L.A. against the Rams. The Bears are going to be taking on the Cleveland Browns this weekend. As we know, Andy Dalton, one of the other quarterbacks in the league who's hurt. So Justin Fields would play if he is not ready to go. Here is Bears head coach Matt Nagy. Knows that he has to be patient if Fields is the starter. Doesn't sound like he knows the entire playbook yet. Here is Nagy. We have to make that very normal for us to understand that um, if indeed he is the starter and the guy, there's going to be some of that. But but then how do we help him with that? You know, and, and so when the ball is snapped, we got to do everything we possibly can to help him um, really understand the play inside out. And that comes through with what we've done in OTAs and in training camp so that he can play fast. And the last thing we want is his, him playing slow and then having to have to react to the defense. I mean, are you kidding me? This kid doesn't know the playbook? I mean, what's he been doing for the last several months? What did he do in training camp when they were talking about how great he is and how he's scoring touchdowns and he's moving the offense? He's got it all figured out. Now you're telling me going into week three, he doesn't know the plays? And they got to dumb it down for him. I got to tell you, if he's playing, I don't like their chances against the Browns. Because if we've seen one thing, it's that Cleveland can move the ball. They can run the ball. They can score. I don't care what anybody says. Baker Mayfield can throw the ball, too. He rips it the whole game every week. And I just think they're a better football team than the Bears. And, you know, if Dalton's playing, that seven might be doable. If it's fields, I don't think it is. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's going to be tough. There was also some question as to whether or not Fields was ready to go in when Dalton got hurt in the win over the Bengals on Sunday. So uh, once again, Matt Nagy having to answer all kinds of questions about his quarterbacks. How about David Culley in Houston? He's got to always answer questions about quarterbacks because he has one that, of course, he is not playing to Sean Watson. And now he can't play Tyrod Taylor either. He's going to miss at least a month with a hamstring issue. They actually put him on IR today, so he's going to miss at least the next three games for Houston. Rookie out of Stanford, Davis Mills. Who? 
He will start at quarterback for the Texans on Thursday night against the Panthers. Here's David Culley. Yesterday, he didn't even let the reporters ask about Deshaun Watson, Scotty. He let them know right out of the gate, don't even waste your time. He's not playing. Here's Culley. First of all, let me just start off and just say this before it, before I get asked. Deshaun Watson will be deactivated this week, just like he has been for the first two, two ball games. Uh, as far as Tyrod goes at this point right now, it's day-to-day. Uh, you know, he's getting an MRI. He's uh, uh, been looked at. Uh, we'll just see later on this afternoon how it is and how it is, you know, what happens, and we'll just take it day-to-day with him. If he's able to go and ready to go, he'll play. Yeah, bottom line is they're not playing Watson ever. With all of his legal problems, he's not playing. He's just like Trevor Bauer. He's shut down. And now this kid, he might poop his pants in this game. I mean, honestly, this guy's never played a lick. And the Panthers are 2-0, and right? Like, And Sam Darnold's playing well. So I think the number I saw it at 7.5, I actually think it's doable. I don't care where they play the game. You can't tell me that kid's not going to struggle. I got a feeling that thing by Thursday, Scott, he's going to get to 8.5, 9. Nine and a half. I got a feeling that that number is going to be on the rise as the week goes on. How about the Raiders off to the 2-0 start after beating the Ravens and the Steelers? Now they will be home for the Dolphins this Sunday in Vegas. Here is head coach John Gruden. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. I know we're 2-0. I know we're doing good things, but let's just keep our heads straight. Here's Gruden. Well, we have a lot of veteran players in our locker room. And as I said earlier, I think there's a lot of maturity in there. They realize it was a great win at home against Baltimore. It was a great win on the road. And they also know they got a great challenge with the Dolphins. Uh, They're coming off a tough loss. And in this league, you really don't like to see teams that are coming off a tough loss. So uh, I'm not going to get overly worried about um, getting a big head or anything like that. We're, We're taking this one game at a time. This is a good football team. I just witnessed it. They rolled the Steelers all day long like a doobie. And I know that you can talk all you want about a tough loss. The Dolphins got whacked by 35. Is that what a tough loss is? That's, I mean, literally uh, a sign that they are pathetic right now. And the Raiders should beat the Dolphins hands down at home easily. They should win that game by a touchdown at least. You can't tell me that you're not taking them over what you've seen from the Dolphins so far. Yeah, I mean, the Vikings, they had a tough loss. The Seahawks, they had a tough loss. Uh, The Chargers, they had a tough loss. I don't know if I'd constitute what happened to the Dolphins as a tough loss on Sunday. Thursday night, of course, we saw Kenny Galladay, Giants wide receiver, yelling on the sideline at who he thought was Daniel Jones. Galladay yesterday, Scott, he says he was talking to offensive coordinator Jason Garrett. And what was the scope of his conversation? It was not that he wanted the ball more. Sure, here's Galladay. He's about to lie to you, Scotty. Was the message just get me the ball more? Uh, no, not so much that. Uh, pretty much just, you know, didn't, didn't, it was pretty much just me talk, just talking to um, JG a little bit. And, you know, those, that's, that's two competitive guys right there. And more so just um, me just want to do anything I can. Not so much get me the ball more, though. 
So you, you said you, it's not something you've yes, really done in the past. So what, what do you think spurred it this time then? Uh, I mean, you know, division game. Um, wanted, wanted to leave that spot with a win. I mean, I think he was saying in Portuguese, uh, our offense sucks. I want the rock. Throw it to me. Or why the hell did you sign me and give me all this money? I mean, the bottom line is, and I don't believe for one minute he was yelling at Garrett. He was yelling at, at Jones. That's all there is to it. He is lying through his teeth ever since the game. Yeah, look, uh, I don't know why you pay the guy the amount of money that you're paying him and don't throw him the rock in spots like that, down in the red zone, down inside the tent. Like, that's why you got him, a huge wide receiver that you could throw the ball up to and he makes plays. Uh, it boggles your mind sometimes what goes on, that's for sure. Uh, in Seattle, of course, they lost to Tennessee on Sunday. There was a taunting penalty that was very big on the Seahawks. We've seen a lot of these throughout the NFL in the first two weeks with the new rules. Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll, he already, Scotty, does not like the new taunting penalties. I really res respect what they're trying to get done, you know, and they, they would like the game, you know, to not have that in it. Uh, it's, a, it's a hard transition. Um, you I mean you saw how you know how what it took for us to get a penalty there? I, I think it's uh, we've opened up a bit of a can of worms, you know, and and uh, so we gotta have to find our way through it here as we, as we go. I don't know how other teams are doing with it, but um, it hasn't worked well for us so far. But um, it's clear what, what the rule is, and so we just have to re react the right way. It's the reaction of the player in the moment that we have to train, and so it, it, you know, you got a lot of guys that have to deal with you know those what? explosive moments, and they've got to really turn their focus Can't away from fun. the opponent, which is it's a good thought. It's just it's hard to manage it. I think it's almost impossible because at every level, from high school to college to the pros, that's all there is in football, and Mostly, in my opinion, from the defensive side, when guys get a big hit or light somebody up or make a stop or a D-back or a safety makes a big hit, that's when you see it. Uh, I think, you know, you sack a quarterback and you don't see a lot of guys making plays on the offensive side and then getting in the face of the guy that they burn. Once in a while, you'll see that more often than not, it's like a spike in the end zone, a touchdown, right? But they just celebrate with their teammates. I think it's mostly defensive guys, and I think it's a, a problem at the high school level. When a kid makes a tackle now, they dance around for three minutes. Look at me. And in college, it's just as bad. Every hit, it's look at me. Even if the team's down 14 in the game, these guys are dancing around. Look at me. And I think taunting's a real problem at every level. Nick Sirianni and the Eagles lost their first game on Sunday to the 49ers. Jalen Hurts was very hard on himself after the game, taking all the blame for the loss. Head coach Nick Sirianni says that's not the case at all. I thought Hurts played pretty well with the 11 points that we scored. Here's Nick. I thought he played a, a good game. I thought Jalen played a good game. I, um, was it the same type of game he played the week before? No. It, you know, it, we've... But uh, yeah, you, you know, there were just some things that we that we need to clean up. Some maybe some uh, a misread here or I dis or I discipline here. But again, I thought he did a lot of things well. Um, got to the right place with the ball. You know, I wanted him to be on time on a couple other a uh, couple things uh, that he wasn't. But he 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 went went to the right place with the ball for a majority of the game, and he made a lot of plays with his feet when things weren't there and when the um, it, because. 
a couple times their, their guys got through, but I do think the protection was really, really good in our game. Um, the protection was outstanding. The, we, our offense lined did a phenomenal job against a very stout front. I mean, can we just save a lot of time here? They didn't score. Uh, it was 17-11, and when you score 11 points, I don't even know how that's possible. But it's just a bad performance by everyone. Great protection for what? You didn't move the ball. You didn't score. You didn't do anything. They didn't do anything right on either side of the ball. And really, the Niners didn't either. But they won the game, and that's all that matters. So I don't think Hurts played well at all. Let's stop with all this. I thought he played well. If you don't score, you didn't play well. He did not play well on Sunday. That, that's as far it is. I watched a pretty good amount of that game between the Niners. He did not play well, period. Big game for the Eagles coming up on Monday night, Scotty. They go to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Big early season NFC right. East battle in prime time. That's a good one on Monday night. You know, I had Dallas obviously winning in L.A., and I think they should go home and get to 2-1 and one and beat this team. I think they're better than the Eagles. I've said it since the preseason. I'm not buying the Eagles, and I am buying Dallas. I think their offense can move the ball and score points. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. I think the Browns are going to have to keep an eye on Baker Mayfield's shoulder. And now Landry's gone. They might get OBJ back. I think he'll come back. But that's going to be a situation you got to keep an eye on, like I said, with Baker Mayfield. Playing the Bears, they got issues. The Browns have issues. I mean, uh, it's hard to bet that game right now, I think. I'm not trusting Fields, though. There is a lot of unknowns when it comes to the Browns, Scotty. Now, they say the MRI is good on Baker's shoulder and that he's going to be okay. Landry's going on the IR. Beckham's a maybe, and honestly, even if Beckham plays, what are you expecting to get out of him? I mean, I, I, he clearly isn't himself yet if he had to sit out the first couple of games. Uh, very dangerous game to bet that Browns-Bears game coming up on Sunday. Also with the Browns, do you remember when the uh, the Chiefs assistant coach, Greg Lewis, took a swipe at one of the Browns players back in week one? Well, your boy Lewis got it fine, got the letter from the NFL. Now, we don't know how much he has to cough up, but you knew something was going to happen to that dude after he pushed a player on the sideline. He wasn't getting away with nothing, Scotty. He was going to pay for that move. 
<laughs> well, sometimes they only get the second guy shoving in these fights. In hockey, it happens yeah. all the time, but they nailed him. I think he got narked out because I don't think, you know, when it happened, uh, it was all about the Browns player, and no one was talking about the coach. Yeah. A couple people brought it up that he should be in trouble. And then I think a bunch of people started narking him out. It's very possible. Uh, that was quite the skirmish. Will Fuller returns to the Dolphins after his hiatus. Of course, missed last week for personal reasons. The Patriots will honor Julian Edelman at halftime of this week's game against the Saints. It's another very tricky game on Sunday in Foxborough. Updated Super Bowl odds. I will give those to you when we come back. There's a clear divide. It's just going to be the Bucks and the Chiefs again, Scotty. Let's just write it in right now. Bucks and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Why even play the games? <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, buy that. I'm not believing that. I don't and I mean, uh, the Chiefs are a really good team, and they blew that game on Sunday night. Who says that won't happen in the playoffs? We could give you some BS saying we get off on the high-minded calculations and analysis. <laughs> really, we mostly do it for the